My name is Barry Siragusa, and this is the Hunting Hound Podcast presented by W Hunting Supply. Join us as we go deep discussing hounds and everything hound related with the men and women from around the globe who've dedicated their lives to hunting with hounds. We ask them about the game they pursue, the breeds they run, and to get their insight into what it means to be a modern-day houndsman. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Leave us a comment and subscribe wherever podcasts are available. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe that, man. I, I could not believe... Uh, yeah, it is. I, I did not know that that was going to happen, and apparently the the same article went in full cry as well. Yeah, that, I think so. I think it was shared between the two. Well, they're, I think they're, the two magazines are linked. But, uh, yeah, in fact, I, I was looking at the dog, and then, and then I looked down, and I saw your name. I said, I knew I knew that dog. <laughs> I, think I, I think I mentioned you at one time, maybe in writing, but I said, that dog's going to write stories. And he already is. See, I'm right. Yeah, you did say that. That's, <laughs> you, said that you said that pretty much as soon as I brought him home. Yeah, yeah, there no, you he's, go. Uh, yeah, well, you can tell. Yeah, that dog's a character, man. He's, um, he's, uh, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't even really know what to say about him. He's, he's, uh, totally, totally different. Yeah, how old is he now? Oh, gosh. He is 13 months old. Okay. He did, okay. He did turn a year old. Okay. Yep. He just okay, turned well, a year old. Right. So, and it, he's got so much more to learn. And I, I think that's going to be just part of the story. I guarantee it. I guarantee that's going to be part of the story. As, oh, absolutely. As he continues to progress. That's yeah, oh, absolutely. Goes, so. Absolutely. Just the other day I had, um, you know, it can be hard to get to find good tracks and, and things, you know, and I had him um, my best day ever with, with uh, you know, any of my other dogs was we got, my best day ever with, with Buzz was we got three on its feet, three different foxes mm. on their feet in a day. Which was an exceptional okay. day for us. Um, Buzz was two and a half when that happened. I okay. had um, day before, no, Sunday. I was out with Dan and he got four, four different foxes on their feet, denned two of them, and uh, just blew me, blew me away. So he's, uh, yeah, he's. Wow. He's going to be a fun, a fun dog to kind of follow. I'm as excited, I think, as anybody to see what he ends up turning into. And, you know, the trick is going to be to just kind of, yeah, see if I can let him, let him reach his full potential without messing him up too much myself, you know, get out of his way and let him be. <laughs> That's always the trick. Now, it's interesting you, you mentioned a couple of things there as I was listening to you. This year, I, and I had put this in print before the season started, but I predicted in this part of upstate New York, I said, oh, it's going to be a challenging year. And the reason I said that was because the, uh, even before the season, it was wet. And, uh, and I said that you could see that the cornfields weren't getting cut. And uh, okay. in fact, and not only that, the first week of uh, open season here, we had like four inches of rain. So we had rain on top of rain. I was talking to one farmer and she told me that her husband drove the tractor into the field and it, and it immediately sunk right down to the axle. And so they, because of that, what's happened is the deep woods, the raccoon migrated to the cornfields. So my prediction is if you were hunting the cornfields, oh, you're slaughtering the raccoon. I mean, you're just hitting them left and right, but see, we hunt the deep woods and, uh, and it's very, you know, the, there's no raccoon there. What was interesting though is I've is I've watched Seth and Buck. All right, now Buck is ten years old now, and and Seth has just turned five. And mm -hmm. what I seen was that uh, Seth 
adjusted his style. He, in other words, he knew that if I'm going to tree a raccoon in these woods, I got to take a cold track. Now he's like any other hound. He'd prefer a hot track or you know something, but not a cold track. Right. And I think I told you he's doing something different now that it just, again, you're talking about the dogs learning and watching them grow. So what he, he's got a new bark. I call it sit back boss, smoke him. If you got him, it's going to take a while bark. <laughs> it's, somewhere, <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhere between his long locate and the regular open. And it just, he's telling me this is a cold track. And I said, okay, I got it. So we were out uh, and he did something. So the, here's uh, what I would say here. The quantity of chases has been reduced quite a bit, but the quality of the chases have been just, phenomenal and in right. fact the first one i wrote i want to talk about the first one because i wrote a story about that and i, I put that out in my author newsletter here you'll see it in the next couple of weeks okay oh, but uh but the next chase he had uh he, he he uh we were walking down and he hit it and again it was that cold track bark he's just okay i gotta run this one because i ain't gonna find any other raccoon in here so okay so he goes down into the creek and and he's just he goes down there it takes him uh, just a couple of minutes to get down there, but you just that long, long, cold bark. Boy, I tell you what, then he come out of that crick. I mean, he come out of that crick and he was bawling. I said, Oh, is he? But I, here's what I think happened is he got down that crick and that raccoon said, Oh, there's a coon hound down here with me. Right. <laughs> so that raccoon, that raccoon come out of that crick. In fact, the raccoon came between me and him. I mean, as far as uh, where he started originally, that raccoon shot up out of that crick. And, um, uh, I said, okay. So, uh, boy, and Seth was right on him then. He was just, but I, he come out of there and you could see the, again, the switch up, you can hear the difference in the dog. Boy, sure. Oh, sure. Is, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the, particularly the frequency, he just, he, I knew it. That coon was a 22 and a half pound raccoon for this part. I know you're talking to those uh, folks up in Michigan and Wisconsin there, they will hit raccoon hit 40 pounds. He was 22 and a half around here. That's a big raccoon. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, uh, sure. yeah, I, I, <laughs> not as big as they get in Wisconsin or Michigan, but, uh, but for around here, that's a, that's a pretty good size one. He, he put it up a great big oak, but, and he, and it was the, oh, I think it was the second week of the season. Uh, so we still had a lot of the, the leaves on, but I seen him and, uh, and out he came. So, but, uh, I was very proud of him. And I, and I see the old dog on the other hand, him and, uh, uh now that's, that's Buck and Boone. I call him the B team. That's, that's a double entendre there, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, 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 they have yet to get on the scoreboard. Now, they've been out, you know, frequency as much as Seth. I, and I typically hunt them together. Now Boone is a little bit of a B2 dog. I got it. But, but what it is, is Buck won't take a cold track. And because he's hunting these woods and he, he won't find a track that is warm enough for him to run. He won't run it. So I'll, I'll, plenty of times I'll go in the wood and come out of there and, and nothing. So gotcha. now he did, he did tree on a, a great big white pine and I'm sure there was a raccoon up that one, but I, I, I couldn't get him to look down. I said, okay, well, I'll give you circle points on that one. But, but right. as far as uh, <laughs> actually, you know, getting the fur and then, uh, and Seth did uh, something else. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's again. Oh, and I, I, and I learned, and you say, everybody's always learning. I'll tell you something else I learned here in just a little bit, but, but I had, uh, Seth get out there and this is now the cut and this is just last week where the now the cornfields are finally getting cut and the raccoon are starting to filter back in okay and we were right on the edge where of the game management area and the where the, the cornfields are and sure enough I, I we go down and we we get next to the pond and 
he is whipping through the woods. I mean, and he's throwing his head up and balling. He's doing a figure eight. And I don't mean like, you know, 10 foot figure eight. I mean, like close to a hundred yard figure eight, but he's, he's throwing his head up. Right. And I think he was telling me that he's like, holy moly, a hot track. You know? <laughs> but here's what he did. <laughs> and he's done this before is I, I uh, he went down into the creek and uh, I said, okay. So I get down the creek and I remember my light went up and I saw something amber. And I kept thinking that, um, I kept thinking, I know it's not snowing, but I just, just caught that quick uh, glance of amber. And Seth runs out of the creek and then he trees behind me. And I look up where he was originally, there's a raccoon right there. Wow. Okay. All right. And what he, uh, a friend of ours, uh, he's in his eighties now. The way he described it, a hound he had once to do that. He says the dog inventories the raccoon. In other words, he says, wait a minute, there's more than one raccoon here. And uh, I said, okay. So I went ahead and I, I took the first raccoon and uh, I was uh, <laughs> so far away from the shot. I got down there in the creek and I couldn't figure out what tree was in originally. That's kind of embarrassing. Uh, but I had to call Seth off the other tree. And I said, Seth, come find this thing. I know it's out. And he did. He found it immediately. He said, come over here. What was interesting about that one, uh, and I had just been thinking about this as, as a kid. I remember dad uh, skidding on a raccoon in the woods and, he, and a raccoon had gotten into a porcupine. And uh, it's rare. And it, it's not that a raccoon fights a porcupine. Basically what happens is that the raccoon goes up in his den tree and guess who comes up behind him as a porcupine. And so right. the raccoon tries to get out. Uh, he ends up getting a lot of quills in him. So I was skinning that raccoon out the next day. And sure enough, there's three porcupine quills in this raccoon's head. And I'm sitting, and there were like another dozen in its head. That, and I'm trying to figure out how did I not get stuck? <laughs> but then yeah, I figured, you know, God protects fools and idiots, and therefore I'm kind of doubly insured. And uh, whatever reason. <laughs> well, whatever I mean, reason, I, the pointy end was already embedded in something, too, I guess, you know. Yeah, I mean, they can stick you at both ends. I mean, I've been, uh, when I've, you know, uh, you know, I've pulled 600 quills out of a hound on a given night. Oh, and wow, you can yeah. get stuck on both ends of it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that is, that is something ends. I do not miss here in Norway. I, I don't miss skunks, mm. and I do not miss porcupines. Yeah. Right yeah. before I oh, left, yeah. one of my absolutely last training runs with sled dogs before I left Maine, we were just kind of trying to wear them out before loading them up on a plane to come here. Uh, I got a porcupine all the way in the back of the team, so the whole team turned around and went after this porcupine. and we. Pulled, oh, no! Oh, yeah. It, we had six dogs that we needed to knock out because they had them down in their throats, and I yep. pulled porcupine quills out years afterwards they would sort of pop wow. out on the other side of something it was oh, wow. uh yeah that was that was terrible we were we're talking thousands and thousands of quills that porcupine yeah the, they, people, they killed it yeah, you know? <clears throat> and right. uh that porcupine was yeah he was pretty nude by the time <laughs> by the time he was dead there wasn't much left you know yeah. i mean there he was the dogs were just full why would well, I tell you what, I, and I, well, I'm, reaching, I'm reaching back through a lot of cobwebs here, but I seem to remember somewhere that a, a full-grown porcupine will have upwards of thirty thousand quilts. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> Double that. check that. Jack, Jack, check me on that one. But you had, if all you, you had, you had a bunch of quills and all those dogs on your sled dogs. That kind of confirms it. Yeah, they got plenty of quills and then some. Yeah, but, it was, uh, uh, yeah that was a rough um, night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's 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 zero fun. I don't miss the porcupines. So, I do not miss no, the porcupines. No, I can't see 
say can't say they blame you. So well, that's how that goes. But yeah, things are uh, as far as the season here. It's it's been interesting. Again, we're still just a little over a month. Well, a month and a half now into the season. Ours ends in February, so it I'm is, actually okay, predicting we're going. That, to, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually predicting we're going to do better in the second half. Uh, again, if the snow stays off, we still don't have we we've had like a maybe an inch of snow at one time, but oh, then really? it melted in. Is right now it's melt. Yeah, it's we're uh, we we get plenty of. Uh, as a kid, I remember plenty of uh, uh, green Christmases. We were uh, even uh, even in upstate New York, and uh, and I think that's where we're headed right now. Like I said, I'm looking out there, and there's not a. Well, of course, it's raining right now, and there's not a drop of snow. So uh, yeah. So I'm hoping if, it, if as long as it doesn't get deep. We don't get a deep snow before too long, then uh, we'll, we'll still be able to run. I'll be running Seth tonight. Seth's up tonight, so gotcha. we'll see how he does. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, oh, we've yeah. Uh, we've had an unusually warm. Um, that's actually the funny thing. We had an unusually warm fall, and then November rolled around, and the and the temperatures just plummeted. Um, oh no, good. So we had an unusually cold November, like you know, twenty twenty five below. Um, oh wow! And then yeah, you know that whole time we barely got any snow, just a l- teeny tiny bit. Um, and now we've got we've got a little bit, but still, like to be here, to you know, to be Norway in December, we have very little snow. Um, no, maybe goodness. you know, maybe a f- we've maybe gotten a foot in total of like light, fluffy snow, and now the temperatures are going to go up uh, again, so it's going to melt. Quite a bit of it, I think, is going to melt the next couple of days. So we're gonna. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm hoping I'm still going to be able to get out after tomorrow. Uh, that it's not so crusty that I'm not going to be able to let any dogs loose because they're going to just eat their feet up. Eh? I guess I cut their feet up. You know, so I got to watch that on the ice. I, I heard you in another episode where you talked about you put the dogs on gravel, and yeah, we've done that for decades. And yeah, yeah. and. That, I can't, I can't, I can't honestly cannot remember the last time I've seen blood in the snow because it toughens up their feet so much. Well, of course now I, I avoid the stuff that could get do that, but, uh, right. but yeah, I don't, I can't remember. Yeah. I mean the icy stuff and the sharp, like frozen gravel, stuff like that. I've no issues whatsoever with that. But once you get that, once you get that real thick crust on top where every time they pull their feet out, they start sort of scrubbing the tops of their toes and things like that. that. That, you just can't. That's what's going to get them. Exactly. Yeah, right. you can't toughen up the top of a toe. <laughs> just, no, uh, no, <laughs> so, you can't walk on the top of your feet. I that's agree. Right. So I agree. Uh, might, we but, may be looking at a little bit of a break here, and not too too long. But um, but well, I tell we'll you what, another thing we we did have one cold snap, and uh, you'll appreciate this again. Listen to one of your earlier podcasts. I think with the uh, the young ladies out of Wisconsin was. Um, was that the uh, we had that cold snap and and the uh, experts were warning us it was going to be a bad tick year and I hadn't had a tick on me one and I'm going huh and I said well they're wrong well guess what so we had that cold snap and then it warmed up again and I'm yeah. telling you what the, t- the ticks come out like there was no tomorrow and it, so it, oh, I went from not having any ticks on me or the dogs to probably one of the worst tick seasons we ever had I said you got to be kidding me I mean I pulled five ticks off a st- uh, off a uh, Seth in one night, I said, jeez, you know, I said, we ain't this something, Well, we have the, we have the medicine on them. So they're okay. But, but still, you don't even like the thought of a tick on your dog. It's like, no, oh, it's you know. so, uh, whew. not a good feeling. No, I, I totally get <laughs> so that. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I ended up beating some crow on that one, but I've got actually several good recipes for crow. If you're ever interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might take you up but on like that. Say, you're always, well, there you go. Well, yeah, I'll tell you another thing I learned. 
is uh, it, it just in, a, in a, this because of my background uh, in teaching survival training, I should have known better. And you just assume that a dog's vision is just so much better than ours, which is true. Uh, but, that, but that they're immune to the things that affect us, which is not true. I always had the lights flashing on the collar at night. And, you know, that really was for me. That wasn't for the dog. It was for, so, or I could locate the dog. Sure. Well, I remember we were walking past this uh, gate and, and this gate is a great big yellow gate and it's easy for a dog to get underneath it, but right in the middle of it, you know, the, the government put a big stop sign because they obviously don't want anybody running into it. Makes sense. Right. Uh, and I, I went around it. Seth went under and he hit that stop sign. And I oh, went, really? I said, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I was going, what in the world? How did you hit that? I mean, he hit it. I mean, bing. I mean, goes, what the heck are you doing? You know, cause it's only, you know, a couple of feet off the ground. And so, you know, he definitely has the height to hit it. Uh, you know, but uh, it's on the horizontal beam of the gate and I'm going, I said, what in the world? And I said, I said, I said, Cranch, you're an idiot. I said, you, you, all this, and I've been doing this for years, unfortunately, and that is not realizing that light was ruining their night vision. And I remember thinking back, I heard Buck and him hit branches and trees and let out a you like that. And I said, yeah. I said, you know what? I'm ruining their night vision. I said, I got to turn these lights off. So I did. Now, I, oh, if, yeah. you know, if I ever got into a situation where they were out in the, um, and maybe you already knew this, and I'm just telling you something you already know, and you're just going cramps. What are you doing? You shouldn't known that. But, uh, but you know, I never. <laughs> if it hadn't been for the sled dogs, I not. This is not. I don't think this is common knowledge. What you're telling, what you're saying right now. Uh, I knew this. I did know this, but it was because of the headlamps on the sled dog teams. Uh, if I was having a hard time finding a trail, and I was trying to help the dogs with a headlamp, I would mess them up so well, badly. They'd be bumping into things uh, and falling off the trail. But if I just yeah. trusted them and turned my headlamp off, they'd be, they were all, they were all good. They had no problems. And like, say with the, with the GPS, as I explained to a couple of folks, I know where the dog is. In fact, not only that, if he looks at me, I'll see his eyes reflected, you know, off in the distance. So that's, it's, it, I don't need it. I said, mm -hmm. I've got the GPS. They're calling. I can hear them. Sometimes I can even hear them going through the woods if they're that close. So I really don't need it. Where I would put it back on again, though, is if like maybe you're on a, on a road or a highway and you're you're afraid that they're going to get hit by a truck, then I would say, okay, let's let's get this light back on. Sure. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, for a short period of time, but at the same time, I'm knowing if I do that, that I'm going to probably affect that dog's night vision and 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 not in a good way. So I said, ain't this something? So like, so you're always learning. You and the dog. So this 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 season, I've seen Seth learn to take a cold track. He may not want to, but he does it, and he does it successfully. He switched up, That's and here great, I am man. learning. Oh, a... don't, yeah, don't turn on the light. You know, and like I said, I don't need it. You know, I I know where they're at. The GPS tells me, yeah, hey, you're 348 yards to the northeast. Okay, I got it. You know, sure. I know where he's yeah. at. I yeah. don't need the light for sure. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. But yeah. you know, it's yeah. it's these small things, and I I'm finding that you know I've 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 been real frustrated this season because, um. You know, Dan has been doing much, much better than I thought realistically w was okay to expect the young dog to do. You know, I kind of like to have low expectations and have them kind of, you know, pleasantly surprise me rather than having the high expectations that, you know, uh, high expectations are, you know, uh, 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 burdensome. Yeah, they can be burdensome to a young dog, you know. But, um, you know, what's what's been frustrating is is that realizing that he is 
already a better dog than I am a hunt, you know, than I am a, a, a hunter. <laughs> right. So, you know, realizing that I, you know, I am, you know, I'm coming to a gunfight with a knife in the sense that he gets the job done, <laughs> but I don't have a terrier. I don't have any den dog to, to get that fox out of the ground when he, when that fox goes down. So mm. when that fox goes underground, our hunt is over because I don't have any way to get it out of there, especially now when the ground's frozen solid and there's a foot of snow. All frozen solid, yeah, I can't do, you know. You know, but it's the it's this it's the it's what you're talking about in in it's that nickels and dimes, you know, that that small these small little details that you know, the the big the big lessons that you learn early on, those those come pretty quick, but you know, then you've just got a wealth of information in just these small little details that you've got to have kind of control over to eventually get it done. You know, things as simple as like, well, you know, turning off the blinking lights on the collar. Turn off effects, yeah. Or, you know, as, as simple as, That's, well, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll quote, I think I said this in your last podcast, but it's worth quoting as you know, my dad would say is you listen, the first four years, you can learn 80% of everything you're going to need to know coon hunting he said you'll spend the rest of your life learning the other 15 percent." which means <laughs> dad's good at math dad's good at math he's telling you you're never going to get it all right so uh you know that's that that's not the issue and, and the other thing is is i think uh you know i didn't have you know when i was a kid going out with a two-cell flashlight we didn't have colors that flashed you know <laughs> so right. uh the other thing is is you're constantly learning the technology oh i find a new feature i feel like i find a new feature on that that uh, on my alpha like every other month or not uh, every other month every month i said oh i didn't know it could do that <laughs> same <laughs> so, here man. So I, I didn't I... really need to <laughs> Same here. I had a I had a real good reminder of of that the uh, a couple months ago. Uh, we were out hunting moose, and I was the one with the dog, but I could hear her, so I had the Garmin in my pocket. And we were getting real close to a couple of posts where you know I knew that there were hunters who were you know hopefully going to shoot this moose, and we got closer and closer, and I'm expecting to hear a bang. Don't do not hear anything. Hmm. And the dog and, you know, dog, I look at the GPS, the dog's past this hunt, you know, past where there was supposed to be a hunter. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe, you know, he hadn't ended up in the right place. You know, I couldn't figure it out. So, I, you know, I hail him on the radio. I'm like, hey, you know, what happened? He's like, what are you talking about? And I said, the dog just passed you. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, it ha it's behind, it's got a moose. It's like, <laughs> what? I said, yeah, it's got a moose. What? How did you miss a moose? He was like, oh, I was watching the dog on the GPS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Fixated uh, so much on the technology. Yeah. Uh, and no, it, I mean, yeah. I walked, I walked, you know, I walked in the, there was a little bit of snow and I walked the dog's tracks and, you know, it walked 30 yards from this guy right behind him and he never looked up. He was just like, oh, well, the dog's, no dog's about kid. to pass me. Yeah. And I mean. Not even 30, 30 yards in the bush. It was like 30 yards way out in the open. And, you know, right. it's uh, <laughs> something to be said for lifting your nose up out of the GPS every now and then. And the, because, uh, yeah. yeah, the alpha, especially the alphas, they've got so many bells and whistles that are so cool. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, it can, you can take the focus a little bit away sometimes, I think. Well, that's, in fact, I, once I do have, you know, a lock on the dogs where I can hear them, I, never the gps is in uh that's partly because i know the territory and everything that we were the hunt the woods that we hunt although i keep finding these new trails but uh i mean i call them trails are old 
their old highways or old roads that long forgotten. But, um, sure. but yeah, I, I have a tendency and I, I, I think we talked about this last time is I also will always use a voice command over the GPS, uh, you know, like toning them back or anything like that, just because, uh, I want them to respond to me. I want, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm alpha and I want you to come to me and, and they do. And so I, you know, I'll, I'll go out there now if they're, where I think they're beyond hearing, they probably can hear me, but I, but if I think they're three, 400 yards, if I know they're three or 400 yards out there, then I might tone them in. But if I'm with, where they're within 300, I'll shout, I'll say, Hey, come on in. And they will. Yeah. Now I'll watch the GPS as they come in to make sure they're coming. But at the same time, you know, I won't hit the, hit the, the recall button or anything like that. They, they know they said, okay, dad's calling. <laughs> I gotta come home, right. gotta come back. And, right. and, uh, that's, that's always a victory too. Uh, you know, when you say when you go on a coon hunt, there's, you could argue there's no such thing as an unsuccessful coon hunt. If you, as long as you had, well, <laughs> i be careful there, but, uh, but at the same time, the dog is handling and the dog is, uh, in every, every hunt is a training session. So you know, does the dog handle well? And you said, okay. And what did the dog learn? What did you learn? And, and you go back, you reassess it. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, every single time, particularly now that dad, uh, my dad can't go out there with me anymore, but it, we, I give him the debrief <laughs> Right after when I come in. So, okay, this is what happened. This is what I think happened. And, uh, and we discuss it and, you know, ask for the details and we go back and forth and, and say, well, this, this is what we're doing. I'll buck is always tight mouth. He does this. And now you're also what you're evaluating. You, you know, the dog, you know, this is what the dog. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you, know, you have to, yeah, that's what I say. You're not, there's, you can't do a cookie cutter approach. I mean, everything, everything is custom made. And when, when it comes to coon hounds, you got to understand that dog in that woods at that time. And, uh, and right. I think that's where, uh, I mean, if you, if you try the cookie cutter approach, you're going to be, you think you're going to be, you know, the, the ubiquitous you uh, are going to yeah. be a little upset or with a dog's performance when it's really you. I think you're going to uh, be, like uh, yeah, d- disappointed more often than you're uh, feeling good about it. Yeah. Right. There you go. And I, and that's why I say same here, you know, we knew the conditions. Uh, and so I would think, you know, if somebody doesn't know, Hey, those raccoon are concentrated, but I bought, I, my neighbor up the road, switching over to deer hunting for just a second. Uh, my neighbor up the road, uh, I ran into him in the middle of the deer season here, just maybe a week, week and a half ago. And he says, well, he says, I either know people that have filled all their tags or haven't got a single deer. And I'm, I'm like, what's that tell you? It says the, the, the feed's concentrated. It's not widespread. And that's exactly, that's, in other words, the same corn that was drawn, the raccoon was drawn to deer. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's just telling you, yeah, the people are filling their tags, the ones that are hunting close to a cornfield. Uh, yeah. The people aren't like me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did get one, but, but uh, you know, they, but they were few and far between. And so that's, and now again, now you see what, now they're starting to filter back in. And so that's great. And so I, I predict we'll do better uh, just because, you know, in the later half of the season, just because they're, they're coming back and it's getting cold. They're searching their den trees again. They're not going to be able to stay out in the open. They want to get away from that cold wind. And so they're going to be searching for their, and going back to their den trees. Right. So yeah. that's where, that and that's where you got to, you got to, you, you got to know the dog, you got to know the train, you got to know the raccoon. So that's when you put it all together, then, then you start And And that's where I think we, we talked about that before too. It becomes incumbent on the hunter to set the dog up for success. <laughs> you know, not for, yeah. Not for that failure. can be, that can be hard, you know, cause the, the thing, the thing for me mm-hmm. coming into this from a different, you know, from a, from a different, uh, dog sport 
is the dog body language I don't have any real big problems with. I they definitely I learn something every time I handle a dog and that I don't think will ever change. But you know, I can I can read Dan, you know, even even sort of this so far, I can read him okay. You know, I'm learning I'm learning his ticks, I'm learning what makes him tick. And but what I am where I am failing at this point is getting to where the foxes are gonna go. I know the game trails. Yeah. I know I know exactly if if he strikes at any given spot around where I live, I know where that fox is gonna run. I've I yeah. know the options that are available to that fox. Yeah. Right, they run past. You think I can get there run. before they do? <laughs> Man, if my I guess is no. <laughs> my, you would be guessing right. I uh, if I had right. an Iron Man suit, I wouldn't be saving the world. I would be using it purely to get in front of those foxes <laughs> to get to where I where I'm going to shoot before the fox does. It's been the story of my whole season where I am just oh, a, a day one. late and a dollar short. I'm not Liars. I'm not kidding you, man. It's it's been rough. I've I've watched, you know, a young dog that I really would like to shoot for. I've watched him go roaring by with, you know, foxes that are 30, 40 meters or, you know, 30, 40 yards outside a shotgun range. Mm. You know, just just yeah. so mm -hmm. close that I can taste it. And mm -hmm. I I'm but just still. I'm dropping the ball every time we go out and it's killing me. It's one of those things that keeps well, you up well, at night. <laughs> well, yeah, no, you, you say, yeah, you made this mistake or made that mistake, but see what you're evaluating it. And just like you're, you're evaluating the hound, you're evaluating yourself. In my humble opinion, you're doing it right. And I mean, cause ain't nobody would be perfect. And, and we're just into the not technology. We're just into the terrain at that time. That's what you have to do with your, with your dogs. And I mean, and you're just into the dog. Right. I said, old buck, you know, God bless him. He's, he's a good hound. But he won't run a cold track, and unfortunately, he's suffering. You know, you know, in terms of actual scores, he's suffering on that. Right. Where the other dog, change, you know, Seth changed up. He said, "Okay, well, you know, this is what I got to do." I, he doesn't like doing it. And like I said, when you, just the reaction when he hit that hot track was just almost comical. You know, in fact, when he was running around in them circle eights, I'm going, "Dog, you've gone nuts! <laughs> you've gone crazy!" But what he was telling me too, at the same time, he said, "There's more than one raccoon here." He was throwing his head up, and I could see what he right. was doing. But he was—he said, "Okay, there's one. There's another one." And again, he did—he had done that once before a couple of years ago when uh, I had actually let him tree on this. It was during the, uh, the mating season of the raccoon. Yeah, and uh, he, it was a den, den tree, and I, I could see him from the trail, and I let him tree uh, for five, ten minutes. Well, five, ten minutes, but five minutes. I let him tree, and when my light hit that tree, and he knew I knew where the tree was, he ran by me at warp six. And then he went 300 yards and treed a monster. It was just a ounce shy of 25 pounds. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was a big, big raccoon. And, uh, uh, for particularly for around here and, uh, you know, but that's, again, you're just learning the dog. And I didn't really, in fact, that's where I got into that conversation with the older gentleman about inventory and raccoon. And I said, as he said, yeah, he's, he's, he's waiting. <laughs> he just waited. I did ask just, Two nights ago, I asked uh, uh, Ernie Stevens, who's a, a pr president of a, the Orleans County um, Houndsman Association, and I said, okay, if we were in a night hunt and that happened, what would you do? He says, well, Joe, normally what you'd do is you'd go to the tree 
and you'd you'd tie the dog up, you know, and then you'd see it because I was saying, you know, would you strike tree and then strike tree on the on the dog behind? He mm-hmm. said, yeah, normally says we 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 actually you know you know tie the dogs back and then find the raccoon and then let them go again. So he's basically saying, yeah, you could have got both those raccoons scored. Uh, but like I said, but boy, as soon as your light hits the tree with that, he's gone. I mean, I said, would I lose points cause he left the tree, you know, uh, and he went and tree another one. Is that, you know, but that's, that's me trying to understand the competition world and how that would have worked. And I'm sure somebody out there would say, well, this, you know, I'll probably get a couple of different opinions to be honest with you, depending on exactly how quickly he left the tree, but he did leave it just as soon as my light hit it. Okay. And I mean, there was a raccoon there. You could see the raccoon. It was, in fact, that, that poor thing with the, the quills in him, he, he was up. I don't think that, that oak was six inches, maybe, well, maybe eight inches DBH at best. It was tall, but it wasn't thick tree and there was nowhere, nowhere for it to hide. I mean, it just stared right out there in the open. Right. So, uh, and then he, now the, the white pine he treed on, I said, okay, well, and we're one and done. So I, I call him off. I said, you know, we have to we're done. We're done for the night. <laughs> so, right. Let's walk back to the truck. If you treat another one, that's fine. But he, he kind of knows I'm not going to take it. You know, he's like, oh, okay, well, the boss is only going to take this one, but he'll still treat it. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, in fact, the first night, I, I did break that rule the first night with Seth because he, he, he took one and then he, he, hit a, he did hit another hot track. In fact, I, in fact, it was so hot. I was afraid it was a porcupine right in front of him. Uh, it wasn't, it was a, it was a raccoon and the raccoon went up a red pine, which is very rare. Uh, it's huh. just, they don't do that. Yeah. They, they don't prefer to go to a white pine. They'll climb a hemlock. They'll go in big time, but you can count on one hand, the number of red pine. Uh, in fact, they're almost like deserts. If you hit a red pine plantation around here, because the state planted a lot of red pine plantations, you'll catch a raccoon going through it. But a lot of times you won't catch them in the red pine itself really and what, I is, don't that, know why that what is. is that about yeah, I, that, that's strange well i mean you, you would think with the hemlock i know why they go up a hemlock is uh because they're actually eating the seed cones there sure and yeah. i mean but you're saying well you're saying well wait a minute red pine has got i i can't explain that either now it's interesting too uh very rarely do i actually tree a raccoon in a hickory although he did tree a hickory uh, this year uh, but he, he actually missed it. Seth missed that one, but there was a den tree right next to it. I said, what happened was a raccoon went up and went between the two trees and went back into the den is what I figure. But, uh, but it's pretty rare. But then I was talking back to, talking back to Ernie. He says, no, we tree him in hickories all the time. And my dad said, Joe, we got an oak forest. He says, your hickories are greatly outnumbered or excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. By the oaks, uh, great outnumbered by the oaks. It's just, you're just, you know, they prefer to climb an oak versus a hickory and that's what they're going to do. So. Right. So, but I'd like I said, you talk to people, you just, for whatever reason, they don't seem to want to go up a red pine. And, uh, uh I, it, maybe they just doesn't climb easy. I don't know. They, I wouldn't think so. It seems like it's soft bark, but, but it could be also, like I said, they're, they're climbing the, uh, uh, the hemlocks for the, the protection of the, the thick boughs as well as the food. And I would assume the white pine too, which got a lot of thick boughs on it as well, where the red pine is not so much. Yeah, it could just be this sort of vague feeling that they're more exposed. Yeah, exactly. They don't think they can hide. She didn't like it, and she couldn't. She couldn't hide it. It was a, a sow, and she couldn't hide in it. I mean, she was up there, and I seen her. She was no way she could hide. It, was, it wasn't that big of a red pine anyway, but I said, oh, there you go. So, <laughs> so he, I did take two that night. I broke the one-and-done rule, but but that's pretty rare. Most of the time, it's and and definitely if there's more than one raccoon in a tree, we have, we only ever take one. It's like that's it. okay, can you let him go? I was thinking, I, and I was thinking about another thing. Uh, this is years and years ago. 
Uh, we were hunting with a uh, a man named Sarge. He was from Missouri. He was always, I can't remember if he was on the Missouri side or the Arkansas side, but he was right near the border. But he would come up to upstate New York to go coon hunting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember we, we had the dogs that were running like that and me, him and dad underneath the tree. And he, I never even seen him look up. I never even seen him look up. And uh, he says, well, he missed that one. And I'm going, what? What are you talking about? Missed that one. He, he just pointed up and looked up. There's a raccoon right over our head. And we did not take it because the dogs didn't treat it. You know, that said this year, you're for another night. Uh, and I think that's really what the, where you get to the houndsman is, you know, and maybe some folks don't understand it. You know, like I had that one chapter in book one, hunting ain't about the killing, right? And right. It is, you know, it's the way it did, did that dog run it and tree it and how, how well that dog do. So, uh, you know, that might surprise some folks out there, but you know, I said, no, we're not out there to shoot up the woods. We're out there to see how well these hounds perform. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of the arguments for hound hunting being a very effective and very humane way of hunting is that you actually have the ability to assess the animals you're hunting in a way that, you know, is difficult to manage. Uh, otherwise, you know, you can very, 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 very accurately sex an animal. You can gauge its condition. You can gauge its health. You can gauge its age you know, in, in ways that you can't, unless you've got them up a tree or, you know, it, it just, just, the we're in motion, right? We're able to, we are able to, we're able to dictate what animals we take uh, to a degree that I think a lot of other, you know, forms of hunting don't have the luxury of. Which you know, was that Dan in the background? I, who'd I hear? That, was, that was Dan. He's wondering why I'm sitting over here talking to my, <laughs> Talking to myself. <laughs> yeah, I said, what are you doing talking in this box? I'm right here. Yeah, ain't that something? Okay. So, well, all right. Well, I, I, I guess you read my, the last book here, The Forest Goats. Oh, man, I did. Full disclosure, I read that entire thing, bored, sitting, uh, hunting moose. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> okay. It was, uh, oh, yeah, I remember you told me you had it one sitting, but okay, I didn't know you was out, out and about. Oh yeah, no, I was uh, I was out uh, one of the first days of the moose hunting season, and um, I was, you know, I had they had a dog on the ground, and that dog was probably three miles away from me. Oh wow! And you know, I kept 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 tabs on the GPS just to make sure that it wasn't sort of swinging back in my direction. But we, you know, we we kind of had this rule that you know we were going to take moose for the dogs. We weren't just going to take moose that happened as happen to kind of stroll by um so i pulled up your book and 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 read that entire read the almost the entire thing um in one sitting and it's over 300 pain <laughs> yeah but i i was out there for like eight hours like i was i was oh, sitting okay, for well, the longest <laughs> time and the funniest thing is that i was uh i was standing and reading the book and the dog the gps collar had stopped working Mm. and when it had stopped working the dog was miles away from me and i'm reading the book and i'm just getting to the point of the book and i'm not going to say the point i'm not going to give too much details but the 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 very last sort of confrontation between the good guy and the bad guy before the bad guy okay gotcha no yeah i know what you're talking about obviously (laughs) right there right there I suddenly hear a, a twig snap and look up and see just the hair bristles on the back of a moose walking around this big block of, uh, of uh, like, uh, scrub willow. Oh, no kidding. 
So I've got, you know, I had your book on, uh, on like an e-reader. So I stuff that down right, into my right. pocket, get myself ready. And sure enough, around the corner comes a cow, which I wasn't going to shoot. And then behind oh. her comes a half grown cow. Oh, okay. And so <laughs> the calves are, especially the half, you know, uh, the calves are fair game here. And oh, the dog that oh, was, okay. yeah, and the dog that was running the, these, these moose had never, ever had a moose shot for him. He was only nine months old. So it was, it was like important to get something on the ground for this dog. Right. So I took a break from reading your book to shoot a moose. Well, and, there you um, go. That's, uh... <laughs> so to say I finished it in one sitting is not entirely accurate. I finished most of it in one sitting and then read the rest of it later that evening. But uh, took a little bit of a break to, uh, to, butcher, to butcher a moose. Well, that's, that's, you, you're forgiven. That's completely acceptable. Yeah. So it was, uh, that was definitely a, a fun one to write. I mean, uh, but that was, and, and we're doing full disclosure here. That was, that book was reader inspired because uh, I had a, she's a coon hunter and she uh, wrote me and says, uh, well, Joe, you're going to have 12 of these books, right? I said, I don't know, four, you know, at that time it was, I was just finishing. We're still working on book four. And she said, oh, come on. So we, we kept going back and forth. And she said, well, you know, Arthur is such an interesting character. Oh, and I yeah. said, why don't you write about his his uh, growing up? And I said, well, okay. And you, you start looking at that. There was lots of hints to his past uh, all, the, all the way around about who he was that I said, you know, so you had these little hints that later would become entire chapters in some instances and sure. uh, like i say the, the singleton sisters of salamanca he only mentions them briefly at the end uh, where, where he's introduced he remember he comes in in book two an exceptional hound and yeah. that's where he just you know he's there you know, who is this guy and uh and a lot of folks you know, i think uh, might have mentioned this before they kind of look at him as a modern mountain man and and so there were just so many things to bring forward you know how does he know this how does he do how does he how did he learn this that was a lot of fun, but boy, I tell you, you want to talk about the research on that one. Now you just, you delve into a lot of uh, research um, just to, and that's, and that's every writer. In fact, I gave a presentation locally to a historical society about why it's important for even fiction writers, for those who write novels, to understand that, you know, here's what the fiction is. You know, this is there, here's what the history of this place is, because if you don't get it, uh, then somebody's going to end up taking a pot shot at you, so to speak, not, not literally, figuratively. Uh, well, and, you hope and, not well, literally. Hopefully not literally. I kind of took that personal, didn't you? But, um, but yeah, you go back and, you, and so you, you do that. Or, and I also said during the historical society, he said, maybe you know what the real history is, but you got to be clear you know what the real history is, because maybe the real history is boring, right? And so then you, you go back in and say, okay, well, this is what it, this is what everybody tells you it is, but here's the here's what really happened. You know, it, of course, right. you're making that up at that point, but that's where uh, you know that that was the uh, the challenge of it. You know, and of course, you know Arthur obviously knows how to coon hunt. You know, he's that's that's quite obvious. Well, what about that? Where did he learn that? Right. So that was all the stuff we had to to bring forward, and uh, uh, you know, I was pleased how it turned out, and I'm getting a lot of good feedback on it. So. Good. Uh, that's that's part of the the reward of uh, of being a writer is right. is uh, is listening to readers and 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 uh, and what they are. And I've, I've had uh, I've had like I think I told you too is I have a lot of uh, 
uh, non and even anti hunters liked the books uh, to the point where they said, well, we'll never go coon hunting, but we enjoyed uh, the book or, or the other famous line is, is, uh, well, it's not so much about coon hunting as it is about the people who go coon hunting, which is, you know, well, that's true from a certain perspective, I suppose. I can't say it's not about that, but about coon hunting. But yeah, sure, it's about the people too, absolutely. Sure. And, uh, I mean, and so, yeah. you know, a, a book about coon hunting, you know, I, I'm interested in that kind of thing anyway, so I would definitely read, you know, most things. But uh, this is a book that I, you know, would have and have had and have had no problems whatsoever uh recommending to people who have no interest whatsoever in coon hunting yeah. or hunting with hounds yeah. because it is yeah, they, you know it, it it's it's it all takes place you know in the realm of the coon hunting world to a very large degree but it, it I, I would absolutely agree with what people said that it, as a standalone people story it it absolutely has the legs under it to to you know it, you you could have you could have put that in a completely different setting and had something else take yeah. the place of coon of the coon hunting right. and it still yeah. would have been engaging yeah. uh, to a de- you know yeah, to a degree that's right. I, I i think i say the the houndsmen in general and you know hounds men hounds women in general they, they just got a different attitude about life you know yeah. and i think that's and that's what's engaging they're saying they only look at it you could argue very practical very stoic uh, at the same time, I, you know, I, I'm out there in the woods alone and I go out there and I go deep and just me and the hounds. And my attitude when I go out there is, you know, I've got the rest of my life to get out of the woods. And that's, <laughs> that's, that doesn't, that's not a comforting thought to either my mother or my wife, but at the right. same time, I said, no, <laughs> but that's the attitude is, listen, I'm going to go out there. Yes. And, and, and my dad would say this all the time and being a forest ranger who had to go out and rescue people. You can get in trouble real quick if you're not, oh, yeah. you know, if you're not paying attention. And that's true. Uh, so you you have to, you know, just evaluate. Like say, you know, whatever you're going over a log trip or something like did that. I've done that numerous times. Uh, you know, where you you know, or you break a leg out, that broken ankle. Uh, a couple of the beginning October twenty fifth, twenty eighteen, opening day of the twenty eighteen season. I broke my ankle, and so I, I mean, remember this you is just me the about thing. That, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I gimping around for a couple of weeks after that. I, I would admit it was broken after the season. That was foolish. If anybody's, you know, <laughs> for your audience, don't do that. Oh yeah, I've but, I've done but, the same but, kind of thing. And you know, the arth. Listen to us. The arthritis isn't worth it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, even today, it'll it'll. Uh, I call it uh, 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 trindle or trundle. Yeah, I'll feel it, and it'll just. Just a little bit. It doesn't come out of joint, but you could feel it. It's like, and that just you, you, that memory of when it broke comes right back to you. Oh, sure. I, you know, probably should, should probably should have had a pin put in that. But anyway, it's just, it is what it is. And I uh, say so you just uh, and again, you know, you you do want to have uh, the knowledge of the woods. You watch, and I, I I mentioned this in another podcast. You definitely want to have knowledge of first aid and stuff like that when you're out there but oh but sure. more or less you back to the reader audiences and why i think i i hope that they find it engaging is just a certain attitude that we have and obviously the connection with the dogs you can't that that is very important you got to have that and mm-hmm. uh and i think that's where they they uh they can respect it um they can understand it and like i said we're not uh out there just shooting up the woods that's not what we do uh, and like you like say you look at the night hunts that there's there's not even a gun there and you got right. dogs chasing raccoon all over the place there's not even a gun right. so i mean uh, i mean you think if people begin to understand that that's okay well these guys 
you know, aren't these bloodthirsty killers? No, we're not. And uh, we're just, we're out there. Uh, you know, it, it means just as much to us uh, uh, to watch that dog perform and maybe even fail. Uh, right. because, you know, hopefully the dog learned from it. In fact, and again, that first story, uh, you know, I'm, I'm skirting around the first story in the newsletter about ready to come out mm-hmm. is because Seth overcame one of his failures and, uh, and, uh, earlier last season and earlier this training season, but he overcame it. And, uh, so I, I, and I'm trying not to ruin what the story is about, but, um, sure. after yeah. that, we can talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It should be out in the it'll come out here in the next uh, a week or so but uh, but that's the idea is that, and that why i was so proud of him that night is because uh, for a couple different reasons but i also had the chance for my own redemption that night from a mistake i had made the previous winter so yeah i said wait a minute well, how did you <laughs> again he's building suspense here he's a writer uh <laughs> so, so i i was able I was able to have my own redemption out there this 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 beginning of the season by not repeating the same mistake I did last year. And so uh, right. I said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make this mistake again. I swore I wouldn't. I even said it on a podcast. I am not going to make this mistake again. But it required me to do a couple of things different. And uh, and and thank good and thank goodness Seth did what he did because I could have really screwed him up. And uh, as far as head as far as to what he's supposed to do, but he, he did very well. So I was very pleased with him again. It's, it's, and I think that you, you as a houndsman are going to read that story and see the lessons learned in it. Some others will read it just as an, you know, an action story or some action adventure, right? but more anecdote. Yeah, no, it's the, yeah, exactly. They're going to read it. It's just an anecdote where the, the houndsman is going to look at it at a little deeper level saying, okay, everybody was learning that night. You know, and you know, here I am yeah. doing it all these years and you're still learning. And I think that's where uh, you're never going to get it all. I mean, and that's if you, if you go out there with the attitude that you're always continuing to learn and conjecture what happened and trying to figure it out. Uh, I think that's what that's what makes us do this, what we're doing. If, if we if we ever did master it, we'd probably stop. But I don't. Do you know anybody that ever stopped? Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, I don't think it's the funny thing, isn't it? It's just like you know, the day I, I actually think that the day you think you've learned it all is probably the day you should stop. You know, if you're yeah, 50, if yeah, you're 15 yeah. years old, okay, fine, keep keep going until you figure <laughs> out how full of baloney you actually are. But you know, right? If you're if you're a full grown adult that have been doing this for a long time, and you're like, oh, I've learned it all. Uh, there's nothing more for me to learn. Then it's it's time for you to hang up. Yeah. Because you've got your head so far we're up where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs> yeah, that, in the wrong uh, place. You, uh, <laughs> yeah. you should be focusing on something else for a little exactly. while. Because your dog's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe may I suggest video games. Uh right, exactly. nothing against video games, buddy, <laughs> but but it's just that wait a minute now. You you obviously in the wrong sport. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. So you're, you're on, and you'd think too, like I said, I, I, I'm finding trails. Uh, and it was just, I found one this summer and uh, I've been all over that forest and I couldn't believe that I'd missed it. But what happened just sheer coincidence, really the way the raccoon run is that we'd either always trade north of it or always trade south of it. And just this one time we crossed it and I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, what is this? And here I am finding old foundations and everything else. I'm going, ain't this something oh, cool. right underneath my nose the entire time. And here I thought I knew this was like the back of my hand. So there's, I mean, there's a territory lesson, if you will, 
uh, you know, you, oh, I know this territory. Uh-huh. Well, well, here we go. No, you don't. But not only that, uh, the woods, particularly those that are strewn with rivers and, and, and creeks, so they're constantly changing. So you got to be careful on that, too. I mean, uh, yeah. oh, that's, that's not a deep hole. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, isn't that you know, so, <laughs> Yeah, you got to be careful out there. So, uh, yeah, it's just different things uh, uh, that you uh, you're constantly reevaluating and hopefully always becoming better. And I think that's why, you know, if we really boil down to it, why do we do it? Because it's never the same hunt, never the same hunt twice. No, Something it always never ever gets boring. You know? No, it does not. I mean, it's, and that's what dad's, I mean, if you look at it from a, Oh, well, a dog chased a raccoon up a tree or a dog chased a raccoon or a fox into a den. If that's how you're looking at it. Well, okay. I guess it does all look the same, but if you looked at, well, wait a minute, Fox did something different. The dog did something different. I did something. Right. If you start looking at it from that perspective, it really, you start getting it down to, well, let's get into the weeds because that's the only way you're going to grow. No pun intended weeds grow anyway. Uh, but the idea is, is that, uh, you know, you, you sit there and, uh, think through, like I said, with, I'm in a constant debrief. You know, I walked in this morning, tell me how the dogs did. <laughs> okay, yep. dad, here's what happened. So, uh, you know, and, uh, that's where you, uh, again, you're in your, you're, you know, some of it's conjecture you're, you're, you're putting in there. You may not actually be right. That's why another thing with the training collars, and I, I know we talked about this too, where you can really screw a dog up mm. is you, someone's out there and you're absolutely sure they're running off game. You know, I know they are. And it turns out, oh, they weren't. They're actually treating a raccoon. They're actually on a raccoon. Yeah, maybe it looked a little fishy, you know. I, oh, uh, and I was talking again to my buddy here just a couple nights ago, and and the raccoon literally, he figured out later, he says, he said, man, this is like the dog could see the raccoon. Well, that's exactly what happened. That raccoon was right on the ground. The raccoon wouldn't go up a tree and oh. it just kept running. And so, yeah, that happens. That happens. Mm. Not very rare. It's pretty, not very often, I should say. It's rare. Uh, in fact, dad had one, this is 50 years ago, that nobody could treat. And his dogs finally treated. And when he got to it and got to the tree, uh, it was just an old snag that, that he had finally gone. But dad listened to him. He said he went, they ran for 30 minutes for a wreck for a coon hound. I mean, constant running. And he could, dad too could tell that that raccoon just wouldn't go up. And when he finally did, he got there. And at the top of that tree was a huge raccoon and completely gassed. I mean, his dad said he, you could see his chest heaving still. Right. And dad oh, left wow. him. Dad left him. He cool. said, you know what? This is my dogs did it. Now let's see if yours can. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, that's awesome. so that's, you know, that's, oh yeah, that's all part of it. Right. So, I mean, it's just, uh, uh, you know, that's what people got to understand is no, no, it's, it's really is about the chase. It's, it's almost, uh, when you actually do the kill, it's almost an anticlimactic, you know, it's like, ah, okay, it's, it's over here. So, uh, it's all about the run, you know, you say, you're, I thought not about the destination, about the journey. Well, that's exactly true. And, I totally, uh, totally agree with that. Yeah. I totally agree with that. You know, there's, <clears throat> You know, also just looking at it from a purely dog training point of view, you're never going to have a better training tool than that raccoon. Right. You know, you're never going to have a dog. You know, I've got a fox here that I have never, ever managed to den, even with my buzz dog who denned everything. I mean, he, he uh, you know, back before he sort of lost his, lost his head, um, you know, he would we had 32 runs and he denned 28 of those, but the two that he didn't, oh, wow. the two runs that he didn't den were the same Fox. Right. 
and I can tell because it's a little bit of a, it's a bigger male, all black on his legs, and he's got this one foot that just spins a little bit to the to the inside. So he's real easy to see when I'm on that fox, and okay, I mean I there is nothing I have the GPS not like bar none nothing that I've had that was better for training buzz than that fox because that fox was one of the few that wouldn't go underground. And I, and I would say on top of that, he's, he's, he's throwing all the tricks. Oh, it's like, say you get a ghost coon doing the same thing. You had to do all the tricks. And, well, boy, you're yeah. going to really enjoy this article. I'm at that article. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't could keep talking around it, but the, uh, but the, yeah, I think that's true too. Uh, and if you might remember in, uh, in the movie, uh, and the book where the red fern grows, it was where they finally, uh, his do- little Ann and old Dan finally treed that ghost raccoon. And what Billy left it. Yeah. I do. It. I do remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's, he uh, left it. he said, nope. you know, I, I, yeah, I, it doesn't bother me to, to tip my hat to that Fox because every time we ran him, we got just a little bit closer. Yeah, well, you yeah, know, yeah, so you're getting better. Yeah, yeah. So we got better and better, you know, and then, you know, Buzz lost his head for the whole thing, and now I'm working with Dan, and Dan's been on that one once, and it shook him almost instantly. <laughs> almost instantly. <laughs> it was, uh, so I, I'm looking forward to, tri- tri- yeah, it's because uh, w- one of the tricks that it's found that's super effective, and I'm, a- I'm, I'm glad, actually, that it was effective for Dan, too, because I've wondered a little bit about He's so gritty. He's got. He's so intense that I've wondered a little bit about his sort of willingness to preserve his own health. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it was one of the foxes we ran on Sunday. Was this old male? And I bumped in, bumped his tracks way fresh, middle of the day. Like he shouldn't have been out. Just I just happened to stumble upon his tracks on my way home, and dropped Dan. Dan immediately opened up, screaming up into mm-hmm. the forest. And this fox did exactly what I thought it was going to, which is to run 300 meters deep into the forest, bang a hard right, and cross a gorge with a with a river uh, at the bottom. Uh, no. And that fox uh, takes that gorge, which has got to be 20 feet. He takes that gorge in a single, like, just flying leap, ends up on on a ledge below the lip, and then climbs up. And you know, that, thankfully, that, that, Dan doesn't didn't follow him chose not to follow him came back you know but um right but it was good it was like it was almost like oh it's good to see it's good to see him you know it's like it's like bumping into an old friend it's like oh it's it's good to see he's still around yeah yeah i got my i got my training fox here and i think that's what you know we you know everybody appreciates that one animal uh that teaches everybody you know it's okay sure. and you, you think you, you got it all and all of a sudden yep, they pull a trick and well there you go oh we got one and uh, this, this one set to still not uh figured out but it's i call it the four musketeers tree okay. <laughs> but it is, it's literally four trees and they're huge and they all fell together their tops fell together into another big tree which then connects to like three different trees two great big hemlocks and an oak oh, and that and twice now twice now set this tree on that and i just look at my lap i said that old right and I, who knows which tree that raccoon is in because he can cross into anything and i'm like i just look at it seth is like i'm where he, last time he just he just treated him here like 
three weeks ago, did ran the same run. And I'm looking, I got, as soon as I knew, I, I get down there. So I know where this one's ending up. I always <laughs> take a, I'll probably be on it again before the season's over. I will take a picture of it, but it's like, say these four huge trees that just fell together. And I, it must've been the same windstorm or something because they just, their tops all fell together. Like the four musketeers crossing their swords onto another tree that leads to other trees. I know right where it is. I can actually go get, take a picture of it right now. But the, uh, but I, that, I love that raccoon because it's until Seth learns that, you know what, you got to catch him before he gets in there. You got to put him up. And, uh, but I said, ain't this something. And he's twice now that that raccoon has done it. I mean, we'll probably, that raccoon will probably die of old age. And that's right. fine with me. <laughs> uh, you know, go ahead. You know, I, I just, I just chuckle. Uh, it, 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 it literally because the trees are off the ground because, because they're, where they're uh, turned up the upper roots. He'll actually have his two front paws on one of those trees looking up to where they intersect. And he, he knows he's up there and what the raccoon did. He said, yeah, I know it too, but he, the raccoon ain't looking and good luck finding this one. Right. You know, he's just, he's just <laughs> never going to get it. If he gets ahead of him. And uh, now it, really what you do, what you do on that one. And uh, you know, if you're, well, I want to get that raccoon. You, I really should run buck who's so tight mouth that he doesn't, the raccoon doesn't know he's there until he's on top of him. Right. So it's unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunately in quotes, Seth is wide open. And so, uh, uh, he, now I have seen where Seth switches up where Seth will get tight mouth when he thinks he's running a coon, he's running before he can't get, I've seen him do that. And so again, the dog, he'll adapt his style, but he hasn't on this one yet. Not yet. Anyway, uh, twice this raccoon has flummoxed him. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, but same, same trees. Uh, you can't mistake this place. You know, exactly. And right next to a creek. I mean, it's just, right. it's all perfect for the raccoon. And uh, I will, I will take a picture. I guarantee. Well, even if I don't, somehow we don't tree on that again this this uh this season i know right where it is i'll go take a picture of it and send it to you You'll yeah that would be fun. that would be fun i'll uh I'll, I'll send you a picture of the uh where you can see the the i ha- i'll take it next time next time it runs where you can see where the fox has left the edge and you can see the yeah. sort of imprint in the snow on the other side where it's landed right. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> oh, this, this yeah, guy don't you is, love that? oh man, I love, I love those, fo- I love foxes like that. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny. You should mention like the closed, you know, the, the sort of wide open versus kind of closed mouth deal. Mm-hmm. Cause that's a huge, huge difference between, you know, Buzz, my older dog, uh, how he was, he would, he would stay real quiet until he was almost on top of the foxes. Yeah. Mouth. Which yeah. was real challenging for me because they would panic. And go and they would den immediately. Like I, I had a bunch of runs that were not longer than, you know, three or four minutes, which for a uh, fox okay. run is oh. just, I mean, that's a blink. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas Dan, <laughs> so, he'll he'll open up early, but then that gives okay. the fox like a time to get up, move out of its bed, yeah. get the blood flowing, make it feel kind of confident, and keep running. So oh, you know yeah, the you the the runs with Dan are two three four but, times longer than the runs with buzz no that no that's interesting too how we how the different game animal right so where you know the, of course you're trying to put the raccoon up a tree right but and so you'd say well if i want to ever get this one i want a tighter mouth dog um uh you, you want a tighter mouth dog but at the same time uh you know but if you want a long run well then like with a fox well you want an open dog so that's that's interesting discussion i mean we probably would have thought about that so oh, yeah but uh yeah just different thing now other thing too i mean if you're into competition hunts with the night hunts 
obviously you want a dog that opens. I mean, uh, or right. if he doesn't, you want a dog that runs his own raccoon. He's not with the rest of the group. He's going to go tree out, go and treat his own coon so you can strike and get first strike and first tree on a different coon. But, right. uh, but the idea though, is that, uh, yeah, you, most, most hunters, I would say, uh, prefer an open dog just because they want to hear the chase. I want to hear what this dog is doing. I want to be able to course him while he's going, of course, with the GPS, with the GPS is these days, you know, tight mouth dog is not so much an issue as when I was a kid, again, going around with a two cell flashlight, you know? Sure. And, uh, I was talking to a, uh, my mechanic, I had both my front wheel bearings go out the other day. That's, oh, that's yeah. fun. And, um, <laughs> and he was talking about the time when he was a kid hunting and, and how the dogs, you know, the really different style of dog, uh, where they check in and, you know, cause you didn't have a GPS, you didn't know the dog was North, South, East to West. You just hoped he was around you somewhere. Or if you didn't, you learned that, okay, if I don't hear him and we're here and the raccoon run this way, he should be over here. Uh, hopefully, uh, but he would talk about how that dog would check in, you know, the dog would come in and what his dog is telling you, he, one, he's hunting with you. And also that I, okay, I know where you are, you know, where I am, I'm off hunting again. And that's the kind of dog you wanted back then is, right. is you know, you wanted a dog to constantly check in just so you knew where he was again with sure. today's GPSs, you know, that's, that's I mean, that's, that's almost, that's looked at, uh, yeah, that's looked at as almost an unforgivable sin. I've gotten, I've gotten a little bit of uh, grief you know, because of that here, it, because I, you know, I like it a wide open dog. That's not a popular thing here. You know, they, they want, oh, the, really? they like the closed mouth dogs. It's one of the criticisms mm. of the plot for fox hunting is that they're a little bit too loose. They'll open up a little bit too early and give the fox time to, you know, really get its feet under it. And, you know, a fox that gets its feet under it is, is going to out distance plot pretty quick i mean it's you know especially when you start getting with all the debt with all the down trees and this sort of willow scrub and things like that you know that's hard terrain with it as steep as it is it's hard terrain for any dog to move efficiently in and you know if the fox gets a you know a five ten minute head start it's gonna be it's gonna be gone you know uh i much much prefer an open dog because uh, as you say you get to listen to it, you know, you get to listen to the, 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 the sound, the music, um, yep. while it's out Sound out. and, um, you know, it, but it's not, a, that's not a popular thing here. And I also like a dog that will occasionally come in and check in with me. Not like, you know, is actively working a Fox and breaks off and comes and says, hi, you know, that's annoying, right. but. You know, right, a dog, right. that's, you know, a dog that's <laughs> like, we're trying to get something started and, you know, that's really not anything good. And it's out looking around that it swings by every now and then and checks in with me. I don't mind that at all. Yeah. You know? I actually prefer that as well. I, Cause again, I'm not in the competition hunt. I'm the same way. I'd rather have that dog. I, I told, and I, I, I had another podcast with a young man from Mississippi and I got a call from a guy from Kentucky. He said, I want a dog like yours. And I said, well, you know, cause I told him how you know, that the dogs check in and I was, he was talking about Seth in particular, but I said, listen, the other two are doing it as well. Uh, it's, it's, it's the matter of training. It's not, right. you know, the, you know, you basically I trained them to check in. I turned them into, I called them old man dogs. He said, I want old man dog as well. <laughs> we were literally the same age, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> I said, listen, uh, 
he was he was the same. I, I don't know if he was I don't know if his birthday was the same day, but he, we were the same year anyway. Sure, sure. And I said, I said, listen, that's not that's not really the the genetics in the dog. That's how you train them. And you know those dogs are used to. And you know if they get out five hundred yards, and I haven't and they're not struck anything, and it doesn't look like they're on anything. Well, I'll call them back. And after a while, they learn that they learn. Hey, there's a certain distance when I'm going to come back and check with the old man. I haven't had to, I haven't had to do that in years. I mean, but but when they were young or I first started with them, that's what I would do. So I would call them back after a certain distance. Now, if they're on a coon, all all bets are off. If they've opened, okay, we 1800 yard run, whatever. Oh, <laughs> Here yeah, we go. Sure. Yeah, you know, but but but, but but if they're not actively working anything, I want to know where they are. And again, you say, well, you got the GPS, you don't have to worry about. It. Yeah, well, that's just me. You know, I. I want eyes on the dog. Uh, I, w- I just want them to check in because I want them to also know that they're hunting with me. Uh, like, I, I think I, I might have mentioned this last time. It's the, you know, there's, all, there's no such thing as a perfect dog, right? And But a dog, that you, if you're hunting with a dog and a dog's not hunting with you, that's a major flaw. I mean, you, <laughs> in my humble estimation, because I want that dog, you know, working with me. I'm working with the dog. And so I like him to check back in. Now there's, there's some other folks who have a completely different philosophy on that. And they just want the dog out there. You know what that, you know what we call those people young. Because, yeah. Because right. They can, they don't, you know what? They go over that mountain. That's fine. They'll, they'll go with that. You know, I can still go up and down these mountains, not as fast. Uh, but you know, I prefer, you know, I like to know where things are. Maybe, you know, not you know, like to be in a little bit of control. The, the young guys, they're like, whatever. I don't care that you know we're in painted posts. I don't care if the trees in Bath, which is 17 miles away. I'm, I'm exaggerating, but right. but uh, you know they they just want to they just want to go and okay, you know, have at it. But me, you know, at this point in in my life, and I just like no, I, I'd rather have you hunt close. If I can't, you know, my job is to get you close to a raccoon and get you uh, increase your uh, you as the hound as the chance of success, I'm going to put you where I believe the raccoon are this night. And if they're not there, it's just a bunch of my fault. It's a dog's fault for not running it. So I don't, you know, just say, this is what we're doing. But that's, that's like I said, that's where I am. So yeah, to to your audience, you're not talking to a 20 year old here. It's it's a guy who's, uh, and I'm still pretty mobile for someone who's 57 years old, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I just assume eh, if I don't have to go 1500 yards, I prefer not to, but, uh, and I, and I don't use the four wheeler. I'm out there and I, I park the truck and I go, I just, so I am walking. I do a lot of walking. Don't get me wrong. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, let's, let's do the smart too. <laughs> right. That's actually okay. something that since, uh, I hadn't thought to talk to you, talk to you about it, but since you brought it up, it's actually something that's been on my mind recently. Um, is a lot of people that I hunt with, they will, they'll drive and they'll drive until they find a good track and then they'll drop the dog and then they will stand by their trucks. And let the dog work until it's denned. And that seems to work great for them. You know, it's very, very social. You know, they're cooking hot, you know, they're cooking hot dogs and they're making coffee. And, you know, but for, for me, especially with a young dog, I spend a lot of time walking and I've been getting a little bit of criticism for that, actually, with people telling me that I'm. I'm teaching the dog that I'm always going to be there, that if it doesn't see me, you know, if I don't catch up to it, that, you know, it, it needs to come back and find me. I'm teaching it to, to break off of, ac- you know, hot trails and things like that. Uh, or even, you know, teaching the dog that when it can't figure something out, rather than using the time to figure out, you know, a, a loss, it'll come back to me 
and I'll go and figure it out for it, you know, is, is another criticism I've, uh, 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 I've heard. What are your thoughts on that? I, I, I would, I'm, I'm with you. All right. First thing, I don't think you're calling off a dog off a hot track. And so if a dog's on a track and this is some kind of danger, but you know, that's, that's pretty darn rare. So let's just assume that you never did that, you know? So that's not, you know, you're letting a dog run. If the dog hasn't found anything and checking back in, there's nothing wrong with that. Seth will literally wait for me sometimes when I come to a trail because that has a fork in it. He'll, he'll be sitting at the fork. He goes, boss, we going left or right. <laughs> right. You know, cause he wants to know where I'm going. All right. If that's a criticism. Okay. Uh, you know, but at the same time, we're still train wreck. Ooh, you know, just, he just wants to know which way you're going. And that's when he, you know, maybe he's only, you know, 50 yards ahead of me or something like that. And he, uh, he has, he's not on a track yet. He hasn't struck anything, or, right. especially you know, this particular year. Uh, so he'll sit there and wait for me. I have no problem with that. Now yep. you, know, you get other people. Well, I want that dog going deep till he finds something. Well, okay. That's, that's fine. But to sit there and say, you know, again, what's your style of dog, right? How do, and, and that's, and yeah, that's my style of dog. That's how I like that dog to hunt. Sure. He's hunting with me. And I don't, and I, not like I'm calling him off a track. I never would do that. If he's on, if he opens, uh, oh, game on, you know, here we go. And wherever he goes, that's where I'm going. That's the, that's the contract I broke last year. Yeah. Uh, once. And boy, what a mistake. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I, I would, I would, my response to that is I have a style of dog. You have a style of dog. And we have to agree that for, uh, how we hunt our dogs are going to react differently. Sure. Uh, when they're on a trail or on a track. Okay. Let's talk about that. But you know, who, who's, who's got the good hound, but, but the same, that's a little competitive wasn't it. Uh, but at the, uh, uh, but the, <laughs> the, the, sometimes it comes out. Uh, but uh, at the same time, you know, that's, that's how you train it. If that's how you do it, I don't see how they can criticize you. You're just saying, listen, this is what I'm doing. And, I would not worry. You know, and again, you're not calling uh, you're not calling Dan or Buzz off a hot track. You're saying no. You know, no, no, the no. dog just I, checked back in. Yeah, I've done that once yeah, each with both of them, and the one with Buzz was because he was headed towards uh, a highway. Yeah, and I pulled that, him off that's when you're across. Yeah, and then with Dan, it was yeah. because Dan's pretty sharp around livestock, and the fox. This was just on Sunday. The fox ducked in under some fences and ran through uh ran through a sheep paddock with sheep in it and uh okay. i pulled him yeah. off and went around yeah you know and for okay for those reasons which are perfectly legit you're saying listen you know and, and that's a the dogs well dog with both dogs were in danger i'm assuming if the sheep farmer was there oh yeah uh, <laughs> that yeah <laughs> you know you know and i'm not encouraging anything but what i'm saying is that uh, you did it for exactly the right reasons that you had to pull the dog off. Does that mess with their head sometimes? Yeah, sometimes because they don't understand it, or they may not understand, but I think they pick, I think they figured it out eventually. You say, okay, uh, the old man's going to call me off. Uh, you know, I'm getting close to the highway or something like that. And, and you hope they figure that out. You can't speak to that exactly, but, sure. but I would say this, I don't think if you're asking me whether I would mess up a dog's head or have a dead dog, I'm going to mess with the dog. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, yeah. So I, I would, again, uh, back to the original criticism, I would just tell them we, we hunt differently. We got a different style dog. Right. And, uh, and when I was younger, I, you know, by the way that you've you change up as you get older. 
you you just want a different dog. Like for example, my dad uh, when he was young, great big hounds, great big dog. I mean, heavy set hounds, mm-hmm. pushing a hundred pounds in some cases. Really? Now yeah. he, he toward the end toward the end he says, yeah, about forty five forty five pound dog is all he wanted, you know, and that's fine. You know, so I, I seen him change up on that. He didn't want the big dogs anymore. He wanted the, basically the smaller hounds, and the, and that's well, that's fine. But that's again what happens. We get older, you know, and uh, we realize that. So our 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 styles change up too, and uh, maybe that's part of the learning we're back to. Our styles are still, we got we have to learn a new style. But that's I mean I would I would be um, a little critical of those being critical. I guess uh, is you know you got to take into account. Uh, you know, I I'm not into the competition hunts. And if, if yeah, neither. I, I I would understand the criticism. I would understand the criticism. You know, of them saying, "Yeah, you got to get push that dog out there." You know, I got it. If I was doing that, I'm not. And that's where you you got to realize what I'm doing. I respect what you're doing. Just respect what I'm doing. So that's where um yeah, I mean, they just you train the dog to hunt the way you want that dog to hunt, and uh, right. and hopefully the dog adapts, and and that's fine. But uh, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about that. I think you're doing fine. And, uh, and I think that Dan dog is going to be, I'm watching him. Yeah. So am <laughs> I'm I. watching he's him a, through you. He's a, he's a character for sure. And it's, it's just a ton of fun to get. Uh, it still tickles me that uh, Seth came along after you had created the character of Seth in your books and how similar they, the character you created in that dog ended up being. That's fast. Yeah, you, you might you might argue. Yeah, you might argue is that and maybe it was was it intentional or subconscious? But did I you know did the way I trained the dog? I would say it's part of it's that, but I would also say that there's but the vast majority is the dog himself. That he uh, yeah yeah people say oh you based it on the dog well not technically uh, you know the, the dog existed you know, the character existed the character Seth in the first book existed for in fact I think I told you the character Seth in the first book was originally a walker was originally a walker and it was right before it went to the publication. My mother said, you got to change it to a black cur. Okay. Right, to match this dog, which is boy, did that work out because he's great for the covers. <laughs> yeah. That worked out uh, fantastic. <laughs> that worked out rather well. Yeah. That yeah. worked. Yeah. They worked. Like I say, I tell everybody, listen to your mother. So, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but he, he has in, in all the important ways he's become that character. Just, he just, uh, like I said, and I think I might have told you, and the, uh, and I mentioned that in the article is that uh, he's just he's like a four-legged nursemaid, you know. He just he's he just does some things like okay, you know. I think I, I think I told you he led me around one time. He and he did it again. He's very consistent. There's a there's a very very steep ravine uh, where even the deer avoid it, and uh, that you can see where the deer went around. I see that in the winter where the tracks went around it. He waited till I get there, and then he leads me around to where I where I can cross. I said, "Jeez, so I, wow. do I, am, I, am I looking kind of feeble here, or what?" Yeah, but, but that's <laughs> right. the kind of what, dog vi- you want. what vibes am I, I throwing don't... down here right now? That's making this yeah, time exactly. do this. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let me pull out my geriatric medicine card here, and <laughs> right, you start checking your but, pulse you know to see if uh, the heart's yeah, doing exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If he if he brings up the BP cuff, I'm calling it. I'm calling quits at that point. I will quit. No, I just, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just uh, you know, what it is, you get uh, you know, you just you want a dog. And in this case, again, the dog is hunting with me, and uh, and that's what I like. I want that dog to do that because that's where I am in my life right now. So yeah, I totally totally agree with that. Well, we we've been going at it for a while. Yeah. It's uh, it's amazing <laughs> we it how again. fast we did it again. 
We did it again. But let's uh, let's close up. We we keep getting sidetracked, and and I, I want to touch on a couple more things just real quick about uh, okay about your book. Where can people get uh, your latest book, The Forest Ghost? Okay, yeah, the latest book, The Forest Ghost, is on all of them now. They're on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Great. Books. Yep. So they're all out there. If they and if they if you're in stateside, you know you can also go to my website, which is www.rylingcreek2 spelled out uh, dot com, and they can they can go there as well. Yep. Uh, but uh, but it's it's out there in all formats: hardcover, softcover, ebook. So and I, I think you, yeah, you say you got it on the ebook. So yep, there it's out there. That's great. Can we expect another one here in the next? year or so oh yeah i'm working yeah i'm working on uh, book six now and uh this is uh I'm, I'm still in the conceptual stage on it uh but i am i am going to push very hard to have that out by next fall so uh I, but i've been enjoying the season so much that it's kind of but that's okay because it when you have a good run that like well i can put that in the book <laughs> jazz is yeah yeah it's <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, stimulating yeah, in a lot of ways Oh yeah, it's, it's, these hounds are some of the best material I've ever had. You know, oh, let's do this, let's put it in there. So yeah, but right. uh, hopefully a uh, book six. There may even be a book seven, but it it won't be a a novel. It'd be more of a essays on on everything from houndsmen to the woods itself. So sure. that's that's in the works too. So we got Great. we got things going. Book six is it going to be a prequel, a sequel? No, it's no, it's, it's more of a more of a. It's actually going to occur after book four, so it's it's okay. actually a, a sequel, I guess. And uh, it's it's definitely it, de- it deals with a whole new character. And I was talking to that buddy of mine. I, I said, you know, I've got every dog except the red tick so far. I know he had a red tick he loved, and um, I asked him. He said, well, you wouldn't have any pictures of a red tick I could use for the cover, would you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, uh, I just and I it's it's a little bit of a new concept. I'm not uh, about the relationship between the uh, the dog and a hunter, but I'll tell you that one on one. But the but it's it's a fun concept, and I'm definitely looking forward to writing it. Um, it just it, just the wheels are turning. Let's put it that way. And That's so, excellent. but I got to get yes. At one point, I got to get. Uh, uh, pen to paper. I've been working on getting different formats out for the other books. Actually, looking at uh, what's called case bound, which is still a hardcover but without the dust jacket. Basically, the covers on a dust jacket, uh, the covers on the uh, hardcover itself. Yeah, sure. sure. And uh, so I'm getting out these different formats. So that's that's been eating up a little bit of my time. But I will be, you know, pretty quick here. I'll be back to the hammer away on the keyboard writing that story. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. Like I look forward to all your books. Now, hopefully, by the way, hopefully on this interview, because yeah, I know my wife is going to listen, and she mm-hmm. chastised me the first time. She goes, quit interrupting that young man. So I've been really working hard not to do that. <laughs> no, you haven't done that. Uh, you haven't done that at all, and I don't remember you doing it the last time. Oh, she she called well, me a couple of times. So you were interrupting him. I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, but yeah, in a in a real sort of concrete interview, back and forth, back and forth, I, you know. It, that's easy to do but in a conversation kind of setting like i, I kind of try to keep with this podcast not have it be too you know i've got a few notes but it's it's nothing like okay well let's move on you know it's I, you're never going to hear me say that it's no, no. I, I love i love the tangents i love the rabbit holes that we end up going down and the and the you know we end up you know called 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 you to talk to you about your book and 
we talked about your book for a solid 20 minutes and then talked about hounds and all this other stuff for an <laughs> hour and seven minutes, you know? So, and that's, there you, there you uh, go. It's too fun. I love it. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I do this podcast. I get to talk to people like yourself and it's, uh, just doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't get any better. Well, I, I, you know, I might just have to keep writing books so we can do keep doing these podcasts. How's oh, that you're sound? you're always welcome. Whenever you whenever you've got something you, on your heart you want to talk about, give me a shout and we'll uh, we'll crank out another one of these. Oh, geez, too good. All right, that's uh, we'll we'll make we'll we'll seal the deal. Agreed. Excellent. Man, I love that sound.